Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Seven Figure Flipping Podcast. This is Bill Allen. Today's podcast is with Andy McFarland, the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Andy McFarland. And we talked about, we went back in time from the last four years of Flip Hacking Live, and I got his story. I wanted to hear from his side what he got from it, um, what he took from it, what he was speaking on, things like that. And then we also talked about what he's going to be talking about this year. So he's one of the speakers of Flip Hacking Live. Again, he's spoken every single year. He is probably the best speaker that we have, like the most impactful person that steps on stage. He won't tell you that, but I will. Uh, I've been moved every single year. He gives like tactics, strategies, techniques that are just absolutely amazing. And I know what he's going to be talking about this year. And it's not something that you can miss. You have got to get a ticket to Flip Hacking Live just to hear the strategy that he uses for his business to, to become retired by the time he's 40 years old. Like even before that, it's amazing. So uh, without further ado, we'll roll the theme music and bring on Andy McFarland. My name is Bill Allen, and I'm the leader of a group of elite house flippers and wholesalers called Seven Figure Flipping. We don't brag or show off our success, but instead let integrity and stewardship be our guide. We are dedicated to helping people unlock the freedom they desperately need. If you ask other real estate investors, they will say to keep your secrets quiet. But we believe in abundance, not scarcity. And that's why we are the elite. We are Seven Figure Flipping, and this podcast is our playbook. All right, everybody. I got another Flip Packing Live speaker here with us today to talk on the Seven Figure Flipping podcast about, uh, you know, I don't know. This guy needs no introduction. So um, my mentor, the person who was running this company with Justin when I, uh, when I joined, when I was one of the first Seven Figure Flipping members in, what was that, uh, 2015? Uh, end of 2015, I think. And that first Flip Hacking Live in 2016 uh, presented three or four different presentations there and just completely changed my mindset on uh, what was possible. And so uh, let's welcome to the podcast again, probably for like, I don't know, the 10th, 15th time, something like that, Andy McFarland. What's up, Andy? Yeah, uh, that's <laughs> awkward. The man who needs no introduction. I need an introduction. Come on now. All right. Well, give, us an, give them an introduction. Tell, tell them about you. What, what do they need to know? I'm the guy that in 2015, I met a guy named Bill Allen. He was a fighter pilot. He was like one of those type A personalities that just wanted everything in his life. And uh, I met him on the stuff, told him a few things. And he took all that stuff, blew it up, made a huge business. And now he's impacting thousands of lives right now. But what's something you, most of you guys don't know about that is when he came to my house five, six years ago, he went down to my basement and said, oh, ping pong table. You want to play ping pong? And I'm like, yes, I do. And he proceeded to destroy me at ping pong. And nobody comes into my house and destroys me at ping pong except for Bill Allen. So now you guys have been following Bill Allen, you know uh, how he is successful. Anything he does, he tackles and he does it with, with uh, you know, um, it seems like it's easy, right? The guy, the guy's just amazing. So I'll take a defeat from Bill Allen because of that. Okay. That didn't sound like an Andy McFarland introduction <laughs> other than you lost the ping pong. But hey, if I could take this <laughs> camera right now and turn it to the side, there's a ping pong table up here in my office right now. So you need to come over here and play ping pong because my, I think my status in ping pong just went way down. Like we went on the cruise in February and there were some really good ping pong players there on the cruise. And then Chad King, who's a speaker of Flip Hacking Live this year, came into my house in my office and proceeded to whoop my butt in ping pong uh, twice, two, two games in a row. And so me, Chad and uh, Nate, my CEO, Nate Johnson, we were here having a meeting about some of the multifamily stuff we're doing right now uh, that Chad's running for us. And he, uh, he was like, oh, you got ping pong table upstairs? Let's play. I was like, oh, here we go. I'm a, I'm going to take this, uh, this young whippersnapper to the cleaners. And he, he was, he's like a tennis player. It was like, boo, 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 like hitting it back. Everything gets returned. He's actually playing my game. My game pretty much is just return everything until somebody makes a mistake, you know? And he was playing. I was like, so then I started making mistakes. And I said, oh, I really felt 40 that day. And some, I don't, I think he's like 20 something. He's just kicked my butt. I said, you know what? Uh, you just, I, I actually get really, I get really competitive, right? I get really upset. And yeah, he uh, does. Bill does get competitive. Yep. And I just had to like uh, push it down and take the loss and walk out. And then I was like, Nate, can you guys lock up? And he sent me a text message like, Hey, man, you look pretty upset when you left. Are you okay? And I was like, Yeah, I just got, my ego got hit a little bit, and I don't like that. So, um, well, you, and, you got to tell the best part. You're not, you're gonna leave, you're gonna leave the best part out. What? What's the best part? But you, you remember that you get okay. Well, I'm, I'm gonna tell him the best part. Then he, he walked out of there and he said, uh, and then Chad told you, said, Hey, Bill, you know, I'm not left handed, right? You're like, what you did that all with your opposite hand? Well, oh, you were gonna it, tell him that, huh? It's actually funny that you say that because that's exactly what I said to Chad via text message when he, he sent me a, a like one of these gifts of like somebody crying after a ping pong match, and I just said, You know, something I don't know, or I know something you don't know. 
uh, I'm, I'm not left-handed because I played the whole game with my left hand. So, and so he goes, all right, rematch. He goes, yeah, you're still, you're still crying and whining. So there's, there's still trash talking <laughs> after that. Uh, so this is what we do. This is the kind of fun that we have, obviously, behind the scenes stuff um, at our meetings, at our meetups, at our mastermind groups. There's actually no real estate that goes on, only sports, competition, ping pong, and some trash talking. So, uh, all right, let's uh, tell us about Flip Hacking Live. Like you've been at every single event. You were part of the creation of the first one in 2016. Uh, I was yeah. just a speaker there. I was actually just, I was actually honored to be asked to be invited. It was, um, I didn't know what to expect or anything like that. So what I'd like to do on this, on this show is just go back and talk about like maybe the past, you know, four years of Flip Hacking Live, what, what you got from it and what it meant to you. For sure. Yeah. Flip Hacking Live. So um, really it was kind of the brainchild of Justin. So let's give him credit for that. Right. That was him, him and Tara, cause Tara was super organized. His wife, those of you guys don't know them. Um, he did all this stuff. He's putting it all together. And, you know, he lives in California. I live in Utah and he um, put together in San Diego. So I kind of didn't know. He gave me a little bit of what was going to go on, but pretty much I showed up there and it was a lot bigger deal than I anticipated it was going to be. I'll be honest, the first year um, walk in there and I could see this huge hotel conference room. There's all these directional signs that say flip back and live some like legitimate graphics and stuff from what I was used to. Cause I've been doing a bunch of you know, local things and we had this mastermind, but a lot of uh, local stuff. You know, we speak of local really. You definitely don't get that kind of fanfare. You don't get that kind of attendance. Um, so it was there and, you know, it was a hotel, it was three days. Uh, we had a few different speakers, but it was like, you know, it was a big deal. It's like 150 plus people in a room and uh, a little, little insider secret from that. Like I was probably not as prepared as I should have been for that because I did not have the presentation prepared that I thought. So going there and seeing that scope and getting this context, I was like, okay, I need to prepare something a little better. Right. So I went in the hotel room that night and crafted a little bit better in the PowerPoints and all that stuff. And I ended up speaking a couple times at first backing live. But what came from that was since I didn't have anything necessarily like, prepared for like months and months and months. What I had to do was just go there and feel the room. That's what all the speakers did. And we just gave straight content for what it was. It wasn't like the prettiest displays of stuff. It was just like, we were just given content. Like I was up there. I remember one of the presentations, I didn't have much presentation. I just kind of like shared my laptop and was just like, this is what we use. This is what we do. This is how we're doing it. Here's our KPIs. Here's our, here's our people that are, that are doing this for it. Like it's lead and take us acquisition manager. Here's what we pay. I'm just taking questions from the crowd. One of the memories I have from that first packing live, so we had a, a little bit of open mic there. People were asking questions. And one of the guys, I remember that he walked up there, like one of the boldest questions that I've been asked while I'm standing on stage, which by the way, guys, imagine you're standing on stage. It's a little bit awkward because you've got 150 people staring at you, right? And anybody that goes to this mic, and they're going to say whatever they want to say at that mic right then, right? So this guy gets up there. And there's no screening. There's nobody like asking them what they're going to ask first and see if that's the question they should ask. So the guy asked me something like, he's just like, how much do you make? He straight up asked me on the stage. He was like, how much money do you make? And I was like, uh... Uh, and I kind of him to hotter because I'm like, I'm pretty honest, but I'm like, I don't know that I should say that from stage. And then I think his follow-up question was basically that question, the question behind that question was he wanted to know if I could afford a Tahoe. That's what he wanted to know because his like being able to buy a Tahoe, like a new Tahoe was like the epitome of like wealth in his, in his world. So I did tell him, I said, yes, I can, I can afford to get a new Tahoe. But anyway, that's a memory from Flipacking like the first one. Um, but there's a lot of speakers like Bill, you were there speaking and it was like, you were like the rock star student, a bunch of, with, with a bunch of other people and just, and you guys just went up there and gave straight content. It was just awesome. The first one was amazing. Yeah, it's, it's funny. I rem I, when you mentioned that, I knew exactly what you were going to say. You, I remember your response was like, I do pretty well. Like, uh, <laughs> you, like you want to know like, like my net, you want to know all, all that stuff. Like, bro, like, and he was like, he was like, yeah, like how much money do you make? Like, and then you were like, ah, yeah, I do okay. We do pretty well. And then he's like, well, can you afford to buy a Tahoe? <laughs> Yeah, I can afford my <laughs> The funny thing yeah, about that is it's like the universe has this funny way of twisting things around. Because I'm thinking about my Phil Packing Live presentation for this year, and maybe we'll get into that a little bit later, what that's about. But I've gotten reflective about some of the things that happened in the past. And this, like a memory kind of bubbled up to the top that I haven't really thought of in years and years and years. But when I was a kid, like I'm talking really long, like you know, four, five, six years old, my mom told me that I, that I did this all the time. I embarrassed my parents all the time because I would ask adults, grown adults all the time, I would say, how much do you make and what do you do? Like I would ask him that at a young, young, young age. So I was like, somehow that bubbled up again this year. I was like, oh, well, I guess that makes sense that I would get that question from stage since I was so obnoxious as a kid and asked everybody that. I mean, I didn't know. I didn't know it was an off limits question to most people, you know? You deserve it. Yeah, you I deserve, deserve that. that. You need that. You've, you've asked it so many times. And I kind of remember the look on your face. Like I was right there in the front row. I, you know, they had like the speaker <laughs> seats up in the front and I was just like, and, and we only had a couple rows. I think we have like seven or eight rows. Like when I look back at the, the video, I remember feeling like it was such a huge room full of so, more people than I've ever seen before. 
And, and looking back, I went back to some of the videos and I, you know, we set up this uh, membership site with some of the previous videos and I was watching some of them and I was like, it, that's just, that looks like one of our mastermind meetings now. Yeah, it's like yeah. <laughs> it's the same number of people. So it's, it's kind of funny how the perception and reality is, is two, two totally different things at that time. And it was new. Like we, I, I'd never been to an event like that. I had never been to an event like that before, period. And to go there and just kind of meet the people. And then after I spoke on stage, it was, um, it was like people were coming up to me and asking me questions and all this stuff. And you felt like, like, like this like minor celebrity there. It's kind of strange feeling that I've never really felt before. So, um, so then that was the first year. That was in San Diego. It was in, um, where was it? It was in Mission Bay. It was over by Mission Bay. It's a little hotel, yeah. like a resort area, a really beautiful place. And it was a, like a small conference room there. And then uh, the next year we moved to um, Coronado, I think, like yeah, on the Strand. I think it was Coronado. Right? Yeah, the Lowe's Coronado Hotel. And that was a little bit bigger, right? So what was the, your experience at that one? You know, specifically, I mean, I remember I was running at the time. So I remember running around there, beautiful San Diego. And, uh, but also for, just from the conference, just lots of days, just three days, so lots of time to talk to people in between things. But as far as like the presentations, what I remember and what always stands out in my mind for Cliff Hacking Live, this is like this for me. I'm guessing it's like this for all the other speakers, but Bill, you can speak for yourself. Like when you're speaking at Flip Hacking Live, it just, for some reason, um, it just makes you want to like bring it a little bit more. Like you feel like you have to come with like just giving extra level of energy, extra level of preparation, extra level of like giving stuff that you might not normally give. And people would ask you like, why would you share that? Like, why would you share those type of things? But that's what it is. It's like, for whatever reason, what I might not give in a one-on-one -on -one lunch necessarily, like you put, you know, 500 people in front of you and you're like, all of a sudden you're going to spill your guts, right? From a real estate perspective, I'd be like, here it is, right? So there's something about that that makes you want to get up there. I don't know if it's a comp like the competitive or like the adrenaline or whatever, but you're just like, you're just going to bring it. So that's what it is for me. Every year I almost agonize over the preparation. Like, okay, what am I going to bring in this year that's going to be like, that's going to be good. It's going to be mean, meaningful, worthwhile to this crowd. I think of who they are and what it is that I could say that would be most impactful to them. And I'm guessing all the other speakers do that too, because it seems like every year people just bring it. They just say stuff and they're given things that you're just like, really? They just said that from stage? Like you were talking uh, recently about one of the speakers that uh, Ryan Smith, who shared some stuff and everybody was like, why in the heck would you share the details of those things that you're doing in the crush? People are going to imitate you and then you're going to have to like, you're, it's not going to be as effective for you. And he's just like, I know. I'm just gonna have to go do more, right? So it's almost like that in every different category of flipbacking line, like the speakers there. So that's what always comes to my mind with as the events kept going. And as they got bigger and bigger, part of 150, 250, 350, 600, as you keep going bigger, it almost elevates that desire to just bring it, you know, and just share, right? It increases my anxiety level going up there, that's for sure. Yeah, so I, I remember the, the first year, um, so I was just a speaker there. I, would, I just showed up and I just, I was kind of, I went to dinner with some of the, uh, some of the attendees one night, we went all went out together. I remember like uh, Jeremiah was there and Ariane and Chris Lemire. And uh, so, like some of the folks that are, you know, on stage this year were there for the first year and just as attendees, like bought a ticket, um, were trying to figure out what this all, was all about, things like that, weren't in our mastermind or anything like that. And, uh, and then that second year, they, uh, they had kind of joined the group, had become like, and we were kind of like, knew each other from the first year and I got to see him again the second year. It's, it's really funny because I went back to the first year and I heard Adam Ray ask a question um, at the microphone. And then like two years later, he joined Seven Figure Flipping and be, like blew up his business. But he was at that first event. And when I saw him, I was like, I know that guy. Like, I didn't know he was there. I don't remember seeing him or he would probably ask me some questions, but he just like was, was there and then didn't join the group for like two years as he was like running into a wall. So it was really cool to see go back in time and see all the people. And now as I've been looking through pictures and images and kind of creating some of the marketing for this year, I see like, I see Greg Alexander in the audience with his son and like all these people that I'm just like, I know, like I know them, I know them. I didn't know they were there. Like, I don't remember. It's, it's crazy to think that how this grew from that like little thing to the big thing. I think for your, uh, your comment about like bringing it even bigger. It's, I think it's a, it's a competitive nature in a lot of us. We want to show up and be the best speaker. And we don't even actually say that we want to, but we're like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take the next three months to figure out what I'm going to talk about, hone it, make sure it's really, really good. And then maybe like change it two days before because it, I want to update it a little bit and I'm going to bring the, the goods and the best. And there's this level of competition that happens that's not necessarily out front and everybody's saying that it, they're doing it, but they're doing it. And there's no award for it. You just don't want to look like an idiot, right? You don't want to look, you don't get showed up by everybody, right? 
So yeah. Yeah. So that second year in Coronado, we had, uh, we, the first year was about 150 people, something like that. We probably had 250 people um, at this event this year, somewhere around there. Felt a lot bigger. We had a bigger conference room, like the ballroom. We had basically the whole resort there. Those Coronado is not huge. So we pretty much had the run of the place. Um, and we actually got like a little, uh, Justin got like a little yacht, like a, a big boat that we went out yeah. on. You remember that? We went out on the harbor with some of the people that who joined uh, the, the mastermind group. It was a lot of fun. Um, so like the lunches and, and evenings, we kind of went on this cruise through the Harbor, which was a, really a lot of fun. Cause there's a, there's a dock right there and a, a big Marina at the Los Coronado hotel. And there's not really anywhere else to stay around there. And so that was, a, that was a fun event. I think that was the event that we launched, um, eight figure flipping for the first time. So we had this, uh, six figure flipping was created and launched the first year. And then eight figure flipping was launched that second year. So, um, I, you know, I remember your presentation there was about blocking and tackling that year. And it was like, you do the basics really, really well. It was that year, right? Yeah, I think so. I remember if it was that year or the year after that, they're kind of molding together a little bit, but yeah, I remember that. I remember yeah, that. I think it was that year because the next year you talked about solar financing in 2018. And, um, and the, right. we, also, we also supported your charity that year, the charity that you were supporting. Them. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, I mean, that was a, an emotional year for me. It's, the, the running joke sometimes is that most of the full packing lives are emotional for Andy. I mean, I always have my, I get it from my grandfather. Tears are close to the surface always. But uh, full packing live 2016, full packing lives in October. So my, my little brother who worked for me at the time, we were, we were super close. He passed away in 2000, November of 2016. So like a month after full packing life, he passed away. And of course, stuff like that, you guys all know, I mean, you can all have some event in your life that really impacts your life like that, right? And you can't have a member of your family pass away without having an impact in your life. So had a huge impact on my life. And from that, a secret sequence of events, I kind of came involved with this charity that builds schools and wells in Myanmar. So that was kind of it. I had this like little thing, a live rad that was kind of about my little brother's mission. He wanted to go out there and impact people's lives and stuff. So we kind of did it under the name of live rad, but really we all just collected. I mean, you guys were gracious enough or Justin was gracious enough to that year to say, Hey, let's push it all towards this charity. So we all kind of did it in my little brother's name. We pushed it and we, we collected money for schools and wells in Myanmar. And then which, which was super, super cool. Like it was super impactful for me and emotional. But the next year after that, I wanted some accountability tied to that. So I remember that we created a video of what happened with the impact of the money because everybody at Flip Packing Live, there's a lot of people that come year over year. I mean, there'll be people that have come to almost every Flip Packing Live. It's just one of those events. When you come one year, it's like you come the next year, the next year, the next year. It's just like this thing, right? You go see the people again. And it's just like, it's just like this family reunion almost, right? So I felt like I wanted to have accountability and where everybody put their money that year with the schools and wells. So we made this cool video about it. So the next year we showed that and that was super emotional impactful for me too, to come back and say, Hey, here's what your money did. And that specifically, and we did a few different wells, but we built, I think it was two or maybe three, at least two schools in Myanmar. So there are schools right now in Myanmar, which for most people are like, where the heck is that? It's in Asia, right? But like middle of nowhere, there's two schools right now that are serving as like the best building in that part of the country where these people live, right? For shelter from storms and all stuff. And these kids are able to go to school that like is like a decent school, right? So that right there is an impact that's gonna go on beyond the money that was spent, like for years and years and years, education and clean water. So anyway, that was super cool that we could do that and kind of in the name of my brother too. So yeah, that was a, that was a touching year for me. Yeah, it, and I know you joked about like being emotional. I think we're all uh, at the, we all get emotional at this event. There's something about it. There's this like, um, I don't know, this depth of like of what's happening in our world, in our lives, and the changes that are happening, the uh, you have to become somebody different than you are right now to have the growth that you want to see and, and achieve where you want to go, things like that. So a lot, there's definitely a lot of emotion. I remember um, that year was very emotional. The year before for me was really emotional. This past, mm -hmm. like the 2019 event was probably the, the worst for me, the most emotional with uh, the video that we showed of James. So from, so that was 2017, we were there. Um, and then we moved to La Jolla in 2018. So that second year, I was not involved with the planning or anything like that, but I did become one of the coaches right after that. I was kind of, I was doing some of the coaching um, already, but I, I said to Justin after that year in Coronado, I said, hey, I want to be more involved in the membership side, like the back-end fulfillment side of our mastermind group. Um, so we had a phone call right after that. And I'll tell my story a little bit uh, towards the end, but that... Um, we moved from there to 2018 is in La Jolla. And now I was at the point where I'm like, I'm in charge of this event a lot. And I remember basically um, Justin saying, uh, here's how we prepare for this event. <laughs> 
here's like a spreadsheet and a couple of the things that we think about. And Tara was, Tara forwards me a bunch of emails. And you're right. When you said, I, you said Justin and Tara were running it, but Tara's kind of like the organization behind it all. Right. And Justin's like the idea guy and just like, let's, I just want to make it happen. I don't know how, like, can we figure it out? And he's the guy that runs out of gas uh, on the way down there and then makes a video about it. And Tara's the one who makes sure that the tank's full all the time. So, um, so she basically gave me a lot of, feedback and, and input on like all the things that we need to do. And we worked together for that event and we moved up to La Jolla and I, I think it was a Marriott there. And so we had probably 350 people at this event. So like Andy said, it's like a family reunion. People just keep adding on, keep coming somewhere between 350 and 400. So we have the same 150 people that showed up the second year and an extra hundred. Then we had an extra hundred and we just kind of grew like that uh, every couple of years. So what about that event? What do you remember about that? Event? So that's, that's the year that you talked about seller financing. Yeah, and, uh, I remember coming back and showing that video, which was super emotional. That was not the charity we were representing that year. It was just like accountability from what we was raised last year. And a lot of people were saying people were there and they wanted to know. And it was super cool. Like it was really touching for me. And I had a lot of people come up and say, hey, that was impactful. Thanks for sharing that stuff. Because I think you can't see somebody doing good and can't see the impact that's happening without wanting to be better and do better yourself, right? So that was good. I remember that year, like you said, I spoke about seller financing. That was one of those things, like, again, I was agonizing. Thinking, like what can be most impactful to, to these people? And uh and it was, it was awesome. There's bigger ballroom, uh, more people there. And it just became more and more like this. And I always want to like talk to as many people as I possibly can. And it became more, less and less possible as you get more people. Cause you're walking around for this three days and you're there like all the time, but still it's like every second you got somebody's grabbing you talking to you, which is amazing. But it's also draining, but I, I wouldn't trade it for anything. It was, it was so fun. So that's how they, that's how they always are. Yeah, that year, so I felt like I was running around like a chicken with my head cut off that year. I felt like the event planner, the speaker. The bathroom. That's what I remember with that. You were saying to, to embody that idea because you're going around. We're all there. There's nobody behind the green room or anything right there so you could talk to them. But you were like, man, I was in there going to the bathroom and somebody was just like, I'm next to the urinal next to me. Like, hey, Bill, you got a second? You got to ask a question. You're like, dude, can I, can I go to the bathroom without getting a question? Yeah. That was the first year that I put on like a, uh, I did, I don't think I put on an actual suit, but I, I might've, I put on, uh, it might've been the second day I actually wore a suit for the first time. I, I kind of remember I was just starting like uh, my, my weight loss journey at that time, like starting to eat better and I had lost a little bit of weight. So I remember actually having to go buy some new suits and getting them all tailored and stuff like that. And I had it like, I didn't realize how long that stuff takes. So I think I got it like the day I was driving to the airport, I had to pay extra to get the lady to hem it all, sew it all up and everything and found a tailor in Nashville here. And I got it the day, like the day of or the day before I left, I was freaking out. So I wore a suit one day, I think. And we, uh, that's the first year. So you, it's interesting you mentioned the bathroom. I remember that year, someone was actually doing a deal in the bathroom. Like I was in the bathroom. Do you remember that? Like we came up on stage and we're like, hey, we were on break and somebody was like negotiating a contract in the bathroom. And so I, I come out and we, I get on stage and I'm like, hey, who was, who was doing a deal in the bathroom? Like, raise your hand if you just did a deal. And this guy raises his hand. I'm like, hey, did you get the contract signed? He's like, yeah, I just sent it on via DocuSign there. So I'm like, look, we're doing deals here. We're actually doing deals at this event. There's a guy in the bathroom, like negotiating a contract from the store. So true. Oh, it's so hilarious. True. That was fun. That was fun. And um, yeah. so, I don't know. Those are three awesome days. And we had these there are mastermind events before that. So we, we were there actually like a week at these events. And I love, I love, you know, kind of going to San Diego. absolutely enjoy being there. And that was fun. That was also the first year that we had uh, brought in Operation on the Ground Railroad to be the charity. Yeah. Do you remember that? Like, oh, what do you man. remember about that? Oh man, that was incredible. So you brought in Tim Ballard, who was a, I wasn't as super familiar with Operation Underground Railroad at the time. And I think they've blown up since then. They've, I mean, they were big back then, but they've gotten bigger and bigger since they've gotten like national spotlight and stuff. But Tim came there and I didn't really know what to expect. You know, it was good meeting him and talking to him. Just the most kind, loving individual, just like so down to earth, so humble, right? But then, so I remember that being super humble, like watching this guy, I'm like, oh man, he's such a cool guy, right? And sat there that night, we went back and watched the video. It was one of the first nights because we had to coordinate with Tim's schedule because he's like flies all over the world. So, so I remember sitting right next to him about ready to watch this video. And I didn't know what to expect, right? And it was this movie they had made that was like professionally made called Operation Tucson, I think. And they're sitting there and I'm sitting next to Tim watching this video and it comes on and like, it's like a full, like, like you go to a movie theater and watch it. It's like full on like that. And I'm like, he is prominent, like one of the stars in this video. So it's like, you're sitting there watching a Will Smith movie. Will Smith sitting next to you, but you didn't know he's Will Smith before that. I, I felt like I'm like, oh my goodness, right? Sitting there. And uh, I was bawling my eyes out through the whole thing. Anybody seen that video? If you haven't seen it, you can see it online, right? It's like an hour and a half movie. 
totally, I mean, it's, it's awesome, right? But I'm sitting there bawling and I realizing he's crying too. Guys, he lived through the thing and he was crying too. And it was a super emotional, like impactful video, but like, it was really cool to like Bill watch it with them and share that with them and, and realizing now who he was, like that was, that was a really special time. So for me anyway, that's what I remember from that night with Operation Guerrero. And we, we raised a ton of money for him, which was so cool, so cool. Yeah, the, if, uh, I'll, I'll give a little behind the scenes. So it was so crazy that we had Tim scheduled to speak at, at like thir that Thursday night, the first night at like four o'clock or something like that. That's right. And he was supposed to fly in and be there at like one o'clock. And so we had it all worked out. The car was gonna pick him up and his team was gonna be there, all that stuff. Well, Thursday at lunch, I find out that he's not going to come in. He, his flight got delayed and he can't come in until like, they land at like six o'clock. And I was freaking out. Like supposed to have, we're actually going to have, uh, I think we had dinner with them, right? Is that, that was we that did. time, right? I had a dinner mm -hmm. set up. We we're going to have dinner. And so we had this whole plan where he's going to speak. We're going to go have dinner together and, and spend some time together. And then we're going to go, um, and then we're going to go, uh, um, go watch the, watch the, the documentary in the evening. Right. We're going to invite people back. So I'm freaking out going, okay, I had this perfect plan. What do I do? So I had to like jump through hoops to figure out how, like, how do I introduce Operation Underground Railroad? How do I get people interested? Like Andy said, he didn't even really know who Tim Ballard was. So by saying like the founder of Operation Underground Railroad, Tim Ballard's going to be here. It's like, people are, okay, like, why should I come back at eight yep. o'clock after dinner when I'm in San Diego and I already have plans with friends? So yep. what we did, I, I like jumped through hoops to make a quick change and we, um, we quickly decided to show the trailer of the documentary, talk about it, tell a story about Operation Underground Railroad to really kind of what is it, what is it about, and why should you come back and watch this, and who is going to be here? So kind of like pump up this more like celebrity profile, who this person is, um, and not share the fact that his flight was delayed. Like we tried to make it, if you, for a lot of you, you might be hearing this for the very first time. You had no idea. Yeah. Like we, we made it look like it was exactly the way it should be even though like if you look under the water line, it's like the duck on the pond, right? It looks completely <laughs> yeah. calm on the top, but underneath the legs are going like crazy. And that's what was happening uh, behind the scenes. And we didn't have a green room. We didn't have a curtain. Like I'm sitting in the back trying to like look, remain cool and calm. And I'm freaking out trying to figure out how to shuffle this around. And I think it worked out. Uh, it worked out well. Like it, that was a, um, that was a, a, a good, um, uh, it, it, it turned out really great. Uh, he came oh, back man. like most people, a lot of people, I was sitting there like worried. We, we placed a bunch of tissue boxes all around because we knew people were going to be crying and blowing their nose and stuff. And it's, it's a very emotional uh, documentary. Nick Nanton is the guy who put it together. Nick Nanton is one of the top documentary. He, he puts together, it's just incredible documentaries. Uh, Russell Brunson and click funnels. They actually funded it and put it all together, uh, built a funnel around it and stuff. And they're the ones that like, you know, took their team down there and shot all the video and things. So, and uh, Tim was crying and he's probably watched it 10 times before that. And, um, so if you want to watch that, you can go to OURfilm.org, OURfilm.org, and we'll put the link in the show notes and, uh, uh, the description and everything, but, um, go watch it, check it out and go through there. I, I love doing that because it's, you actually get five videos after that. You can check it out and you can, you know, become an abolitionist, uh, you know, donate whatever you want to do. But, um, we watched that film, that documentary two hours. So from eight o'clock to 10 o'clock, we watched that documentary. And Tim spoke a little bit after. He's like, I don't really want to talk before. Let's just watch the documentary. So he kind of like just said, all right, oh, let's watch it. We watched That's it. That's a good move. Yeah. That was a good move. And it tells a story. And then he came back up and he spoke for a little bit. And we actually had some, uh, we had a survivor there who was, um, we, had, we had to, you know, cut the film out. We couldn't uh, video her, but she was getting ready to testify. She actually was um, uh, abducted and then uh, trafficked to New York City. And for, for like almost a year had been um, uh, in sex slavery, like inside this human trafficking ring. And then she escaped and she went to the police and she was able to escape her captors, go to the police, describe them and everything. And she was getting ready to testify. So she was actually there, didn't speak great English, but she shared her story and a little bit of her message. Um, uh, she was from Mexico. And so it was really like, it all came together that people like, People really like opened up their wallets and donated. We raised, uh, we raised about seventy-five to eighty thousand dollars there, and then we matched it. So we actually wrote them a check for one hundred and fifty thousand dollars that day, which is amazing to see. Um, so it, and then, so Tim spoke until about ten o'clock, and then uh, this uh, this survivor spoke until ten, and then um, there was a line 
from the stage out the door, like all the way around the whole place. Every single person that was there was stood in line to shake his hand for, and we, we, I was there till 11 o'clock. Uh, no, I was there till almost just after midnight, actually. It was yeah. over two hours of this receiving line to shake Tim Ballard's hand and get a picture with him. And it was, it was unbelievable to see the kind of like the, the support that we got from everybody. Uh, we had people donate $10,000. We had somebody donate $20,000. We had just like big donations and, and then people, you know, and donating $5, $10, uh, becoming abolitionists and donating monthly. It was crazy. So that, that was, that was one of the highlights of all the years for me. The man needed no introduction after that video. It was like, he was, it was amazing. And you're like, you said, the line was hours long and he stayed graciously till after midnight did that. Yep. Awesome. That was also the first year that Walter Bond spoke. Do you remember that? Oh man. I mean, cause we had dinner with him year. and his wife. Remember we yeah, had dinner with him and his wife on Thursday night and Tim. That was the dinner yeah. that we had. Walter is one of the most powerful motivational speakers I've ever heard in my life. Right. So you get him and one category of speeches, right. Super powerful, motivational. And you get Tim Ballard on the other part. I mean, Tim was a good speaker, but it's like just his content and who he is and what he's representing. It's just like, man, it was a powerful day. It was a super powerful day. Yeah. That was the Thursday night was us was Tim Ballard and the, the movie. So we went to bed at like midnight and then Walter came and spoke the next day oh, in the morning. It was like, it was like, we got, we, I was on emotional roller coaster again, but he's talking about family and uh, legacy and things like that. His and dad. Uh, oh man. Yeah. So it was, he's I powerful. was like, man, this is, this is a challenge. And that year, um, that next day on Friday is when Nate came, Nate, my COO came up to me and he said, Hey, we got to do more with operational underground railroad. And it took us about six months, but we became the, um, the volunteer team leaders here in Nashville, Tennessee. And we, we actually ran the whole state of Tennessee until recently they're starting to get more organized. And uh, the volunteer force was like five people in Nashville when we got here in Tennessee. The whole state of Tennessee had like five wow. volunteers. And so we took that over and then it, we got to about 150. And recently we've crossed 500 volunteers here in Tennessee. And um, the, it's, it's spiked like the outpouring since July 30th, which was like World Trafficking Day. And there was a big push to, to bring some awareness. Um, we have gotten four to five times more volunteers in the whole country the whole united states wow. than we had before that so it's just been wow. crazy so the support well, people might be wondering right now like andy bell you guys have been talking for the last 15 minutes or whatever been about operation and around with these charities and different stuff like but that that is part of the impact it has nothing to do with real estate necessarily other than it's like you do real estate is what you do you make money at it and it creates a good lifestyle and stuff but like how you give back the impact you make that's what the flip packing life is about it's not just about you and impacting you and your family and being able to do whatever you want with your life right that's great that's first level but after that it's like how do you give back how do you make impact other people's lives like i mean thinking about slavery like people sold into slavery like there's people that are, have no freedom in their life we're talking about financial freedom they're talking about like freedom freedom right like uh, insane right so that's that's what flip packing live is too it's always embraced the charity and every year it's just gotten better and better and i'm I'm proud that you, man, I don't know how you found them. I'm proud you brought those guys. Like I proudly wear Operation Negroes t-shirts probably half of my week. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's my normal attire. Me too. I, I'll say it's, it's the interesting thing about, about this event. What, so I, I'm glad you mentioned that, Andy, is we're, go, we're, it's two pillars, right? It's growth and it's contribution. And so mm -hmm. you're, you're, you're building that growth in the beginning and you're making this transition from growth to contribution at some point, whether it's, financial, whether it's time, whatever it is for you. But like when you make that transition from growth to contribution, it's huge. So like I, it took me a couple of years. I was personally growing, professionally growing. And then I, I could start to contribute back to the mastermind group. And when I see people make that shift, that's huge for them. And so this event is all about that. Like we have, we have everything for the growth of people. We have the content, we have the, the strategies, the tactics, the techniques, the tips, like Andy said, like he talked about seller financing, like just that one hour of seller financing. And if you want to hear it, you can go back a couple episodes, like two weeks back on the podcast. And he, uh, I played his presentation. It's amazing. Like it's, I, I gave him the challenge to try to squeeze in like a whole day of seller finance training into like 45 minutes to an hour. And he was like, I don't know if I can do that, but he did it. And it was amazing. Like really, like if you listen to that and, and implement some of that stuff, it will make you hundreds of thousands of dollars, period. And you don't, actually don't even need any money to do a lot of those techniques. So, um, and, and even inside of there, there were things, there were tools, not just seller financing, but like actively listening, don't wait for your turn to talk um, and things like that. So there's all that stuff. And then there's also the contribution piece, which you might still be in the growth phase and not ready to contribute. And that's okay. I see that as the kind of the arc of people that are in the mastermind group, they come in and they take, 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 and it's perfectly okay. And then they can start giving back once they get to that point. So 
that was uh, an example of that, man. You've been in this for how many years now? Four or five years now. It's like you are you are giving back in spades. So you you did really well in the first part of it. You were like exemplary, obviously, and all those things. And now you've even been more of that on the contribution side. So you guys are all listening oh, to this so podcast funny. because of that. Because of that. It's so funny when I go back and I look at all the Facebook posts that I did in like 2015 and early 2016. It's like, oh my, I was just asking a question, like two questions a day. Like, just give me information. And I know Mike Simmons talks about it with you a lot and joke around with like uh, raiding and pillaging your business. And I, I, <laughs> yeah. I did the same thing. I was just like, raiding. I'm, I'm going to take these three or four people that are already successful and let me take pieces of what they do and let me put it together and make a Frankenstein model. So, okay, let's fast forward this 2018. 2018 was like really powerful. It was, um, and what a lot of you guys don't know is that when we do events like this at hotels, um, if people don't stay at the hotel, like we book this room block, we actually book the hotel. We have to pre-buy the rooms. And that year I was in charge of running this event and selling tickets, right? And we had this room block. It was a really aggressive room block. And this is when like Airbnb and VRBO became like really popular. People were staying in houses and like they were uh, coordinating with each other and like, we don't not gonna stay at the hotel. We want a kitchen and all this stuff. And I blew it. Like we wrote a check to the hotel for about $15,000 for mm. unsold rooms. So a lot of people don't know that. It might be the first time I've ever talked about it to anybody, but like they taught me a huge lesson. Like that was, that was on me. It was my responsibility to plan that event, to organize and execute it and everything. And I was like, well, I blew that. Like we really have to focus on that. So that was a big thing for me. And then all, I also was in charge of planning the next year's location, the next year's event and, um, and who was going to help us through that. So the next year, 2019, we went to San Diego at the Hilton Bayfront hotel. Right. And we actually uh, hired a different event planner and move to a bigger event planning company because we wanted to move this event to a 500 person, a thousand plus person event and just start keep growing the event. And so that was, uh, I, I had the scars and the pain from writing a $15,000 check. And I said, I'm getting a small room block, but we're getting the best hotel that we can get in San Diego. I, had, I was scouting out events. I was going to other people's events and I went to one there a year before and it was awesome location. So what about that one? Oh my goodness. I remember that one. I remember walking in because you get, I get there a day or so early. We sometimes there for the mastermind meeting before, but I got there and they were just setting up the room, right? Cause the hotel sets up the stuff. And I remember walking into that hotel ballroom for the first time as they were setting it up. I mean, they hadn't, they, imagine just a bunch of like stage crew people setting up chairs and taping down stuff, duct tape and put the stage together all stuff. I walked into that room and I was like, Oh my goodness. I got a tinge of like, it was a little bit of drill and a little bit of fear, right? I was just like, this is off the hook. It was insane. And the music was playing all stuff. And I was just like, this is going to be crazy. So that was like walking before the event, the morning of the event, when you walk in there and you feel the energy in the room and you've got like the music playing, it's like a, it was like a rock concert, right? It was just huge. The stage was like enormous. And there's two huge, um, um, what are those things called projectors, not projectors, like screens flanking the stage. Like it is enormous. And I was just like, I'd never done anything like that. And then like flip hacking live, my flip hacking live experience is pretty much that. Like uh, I, it's always been like the, almost the biggest thing I've ever spoken at every year. Right. And then it's like that year to have that, it was like, it was insane. Like it was seriously insane dice. Like if, if you've never been to one before you think about like, it was insane, just huge. And the music is loud and pumping and you got like this, the stage crew back there or the people that are like putting it on. Like it was, it was insane. So, um, but I mean, you definitely want to bring it with stuff like that too. So. It yeah. So uh, three, three months before that event is when I bought the company and we had been planning this event for seven months or four months before that. So seven months before the event, we pretty much start planning and bought the company, you know, I don't know, three, three months before the event. And I took the whole program that we had planned and the, the new like structure, the names of the company, all, everything, just, we threw it all out and started over. It was probably the most stressful time of my life for sure. So we rebranded it. We put, you know, all that stuff on. And I was freaking out because we had, you know, we hadn't sold that many tickets. So I wasn't sure how many people were going to show up. And I was on the hook for um, pretty big bills um, for the event <laughs> with the event planner. Um, Jocko uh, and his team were coming yeah. in. That was, a, that was a sizable investment for us. And, um, and bringing back Walter Bond again, he spoke again that year as a keynote speaker. So these are like some of the bigger paid speakers that we have. And, um, and just, you know, had this huge room block that I was, I knew what, what the check that I wrote the year before. So I was freaking out a little bit. And the year before we probably had about 350, like I said, to 400 people. And we ended up with um, selling about 625 tickets, uh, give or take to that event. So we grew quite a bit. And um, it was, it was on the back of a lot of hard work those last three months. But it was awesome that people were supporting us. They were jumping in, they were joining us. And we rolled out this new program called the seven figure runway for the first time. So 
Um, so what about that event? Like anything that tangible from that, since it was so recent, like anything that you yeah. took from that event that was, that was big for you? Look, they're always with the scope and magnitude of stuff like that. It's always life-changing. And you were just saying that it made me think to myself like, wow, people don't realize you were on the hook, not only for three months, months full of just full on, like putting this stuff together, an amazing program for people, but you're on the hook financially for all that stuff. And you were doing all that, taking all that risk and putting all that time risk and money risk into that so that somebody can have an opportunity to have their life changed, right? So he was looking at this saying like, oh, do I want to pay five or 600 bucks to go do this thing? It's like, look, the financial risk that person's taking, that $600 risk or whatever they're taking, I mean, come on. Like you got somebody that's like Bill and, and, and the seven figure flipping family, like putting on this huge risk for the opportunity to change your life, right? You think like, wow, well, these people are trying to scam me or take my money or whatever. Like, look, you've got no risk, right? Somebody's going to stroke a $600 check to come to an event. Like there's really no risk there, right? The risk is really on the side of the person that's putting on. But I can tell you guys that like, I remember that event because every year they got better and better. And that event was even more life-changing, which is hard to say because every year was really good. And the people from previous events, like you're mentioning, a lot of guys in our community right now that have seven-figure businesses grew up from the Fit Life 2016, 2017, 2018, right? So that's just the type of event it is. It produces these people. It just creates the impact on them, gives them permission, gives them information to go and do that stuff. And then they come out and just, just crush them. They end up speaking on the stage in, in future years. But that's what it is, right? So people look at this and say, oh, it's just another event or whatever. It's not. Like it's an event that's proven year after year to produce people that are going to go out there and take action, produce seven figure businesses. And, um, and it's life changing, right? Even if you don't go out there and say, Hey, I don't want a seven figure business, but you go out of there as a changed person. I promise you every year it changes me. It makes me better. So it's a great event. Yeah. It's interesting. You mentioned that seven figure business. Cause that's the first year that we created this award, the seven figure club. Oh, award. Yeah, yeah. So, that's right. Um, so I handed out 23 seven figure club awards there. And all, so 23 companies that hit a seven figures in one year or more. We had one company, there it is. So Andy, if you're not watching on our website or on YouTube or wherever we put this, um, he's, getting, he's holding up the Seven Figure Club coin. I got a couple right here actually in, um, in the plastic, uh, a couple so cool. right, extras right here. So Challenge um, coin, that's such a cool idea. Yeah, I we, love that you bridged the military to this. It's such a cool idea. So we changed the name to Seven Figure Altitude, Seven Figure Runway, and the Seven Figure Club. And then we uh, you know, created a challenge coin, like a military challenge coin, and we put, made a plaque and I wish I, I wish I had one. I've got, um, I've got one of my plaques downstairs, which is a lot like, uh, my, I got my military plaques downstairs. Everybody signs it. They write a note, things like that. So um, that's what we did. We gave away 23 of those. And it, that was such an honor to give that away to all those folks. So, hey, look, Andy's got his right there. So Treehouse Investments. And you can see, like, I wrote a little, a little note that, there next to the coin and we framed it and stuff like that. We put the amount of money that they cool. made. Um, so it was I, that was, that was so nut like to be able to do that and to have the honor to give that away was really cool in 2019. Obviously we had John. I wasn't there, expecting that. Yeah. You had, yeah. I mean, it was an amazing event in by itself, but there's just the details behind it. They were like, I mean, that type of a detail takes a lot of effort and energy to do that. And it was just like a 30 minute or an hour portion of like a three day event, which like that was what was super impactful. Right. So that's, and that's why I tell people that this year, this year is going to be awesome. This year is going to be different because we're forced to be like the world is forced to be different right now with this coronavirus. But like, that's why I keep telling people like, look, if you, you don't, this is not just going to be like a zoom webinar. Like this is not like, you have no clue what this is going to be the effort, energy and detail that's put into these things. Like just trust it's going to be, it's going to push the boundaries of what's possible. And we're going to take this, this negative people might see as coronavirus and flip it on its head and say, how can we make this even better because of this? So that's the type of event so this, this is. So, I mean, I don't even have all the details behind it, but I can say that with confidence, knowing, right? Like Bill's laughing right now because he knows like most of the details behind it. He's agonizing over them. He's losing sleep over them. But I just know this about because I've just been involved for so many years. I'm like, that's what it's going to be. So, if, you know, everyone, everyone should be willing to put, I don't even know what the ticket is, 500 bucks, 600 bucks, whatever it should, is. It's like, man, it gets the best check you're going to write this year. So... Well, if you haven't gotten your ticket yet, we're recording this on Thursday, the day the ticket prices go up, but they're going up to $397. They're under 500 bucks. You, you mentioned- If you're listening career. to this, the price has already gone up, I guess, right? Yeah, yeah. If you're listening to this, I'm sorry. You missed the boat on that. First, but we're raising the prices every couple of weeks. We're only, by the time you listen to this, we'll be about four weeks away from the mm -hmm. event. If you don't have your ticket yet, you absolutely have to go get it. You can go to flippackinglive.com and grab one. Um, the- you know, the interesting piece, you mentioned financial risk, like before it was a flight, it was a hotel, it was a ticket. It wasn't just a thousand dollar ticket or a seven ninety nine ticket. It was a, it was like $3,000 investment per person with a flight, a hotel, multiple tickets, things like that. So um, definitely, definitely, definitely. This is, this is an opportunity that probably won't come up or happen again. 
um, where we can do it virtually and we can actually bring in more people. So the other thing is the introverts love this stuff. The extroverts, I'm going to make sure that the extroverts are enjoying themselves too. Um, but the, if you're an introvert, like this is going to be your gold mine where you're not, you're not really excited to go to an event. You feel like I, I Ariane Lemire said the other night, she was like, I'm really excited about this being a total introvert. Like we usually sit and pretend to have like when we're, it's a networking break, we're like pretending to have something to do on our phone and now we don't have to. <laughs> so, so it's, it's really funny to think yeah. about that stuff, but I don't think two of my favorite, you know, two of my favorite introverts bucks. in the world. Two oh, of my, yeah. two of my favorite introverts, Beth and Kate Hall. Those guys are loving this. They're loving these things. So they're going to be there in space. But yeah, I mean, paying five, you said it's 500 bucks, 400 bucks, four nine, three nine seven or something like it's insane. Yeah, absolutely insane. So, so take a about, chance, so take a risk. If you have no clue, take a risk. This year. You're going to be speaking yeah. this year. What are you going to be talking about? Man, I, I always like, I'm a pretty passionate person about different things, right? Like I have to like internalize and I always think of what do I want to say this year of Flipbacking Life. So my inspiration for this year's Flipbacking Life came to me when I was on a trip with my family this year. So I turned 40 in June this year and, and um, I couldn't do a few trips I had planned. I planned to go to like Israel. I was going to do three weeks out there and do this, but obviously like, you know, people's plans have been canceled this year because of coronavirus. So I decided to go on a big RV trip with my family. So just me and my my wife and my four kids, we went on an RV trip. And while I'm on that trip, I was just thinking, a lot of time thinking, right? You got a lot of windshield time, like looking at the beauties of, of the Western United States. And I remember thinking like about my journey. I was kind of reflecting on like where I started. I was a dock worker and I got fired from my job. And I thinking about that in like the last 17 years that I've been doing real estate. And I thought like what I wanted when I began, what I thought that was going to look like. I started thinking about that. And then I realized while I was on that trip, I'm like, I kind of like, I got to a point. I, I don't want to spoil the whole thing, but I'm like, that was my realization. I'm like, I'm here. Like I'm doing what exactly what I wanted to do 17 years ago. So um, that was kind of it. But I thought like, okay, you guys don't care. I don't want to hear about your vacation, Andy. Nobody wants to hear your vacation. But I thought, okay, what is impactful there? What are the things that I did along the way that I learned along the way that are actually impactful? So I'm going to share those type of things, those type of principles. We were then probably my story. So if you guys don't want to hear my story, you're going to hear it, right? How I went from a dock worker to doing what I'm doing today, which is running several multi-million dollar businesses and having the financial freedom and the time that I always wanted. But I didn't even know that that's what it is I wanted. So I'm going to tell you guys those principles, those most important key things that I did along the way. Um, and especially one thing, because a lot of that's just like principles. People like, oh, hooey-fooey, like, oh, he's going to talk about, you know, these type of things that like, it's not going to be concrete stuff. And there's one thing in particular that I'm going to share that's a concrete thing that even people that are really successful, they always like ask me like, you know, when I tell them that principle, they're always like, wait, what? And they always like, want, like, tell me more about that. Like, how do you do that? What does it do? And I'm always surprised because it's always been second nature to me for years and years and years. I've just employed this strategy. So I want to talk about that. I'm going to share that strategy as a tactic for those of you that are like, I don't care about your journey, Andy. Give me the goods, the meat and potato. I'm going to share that with them too. So um, that's what I'm going to do this year. I'm going to try to cram that into a 30 to 45 minute presentation, right? So. Awesome. So do you think, let me ask you this question. Do you think that like your presentation alone is worth $397? Oh man. I mean, I, I hate to, I'm a, I'm a sandbagger in my life. I don't like to step in saying that I'm the top dog. I'd rather be the underdog, but look, I mean, if you hearing my 17 year journey and what made me, you know, what I consider to be successful, what I wanted, everybody's, everybody's got different things that they want in their life, but I wanted free time with my family. I wanted to give back. I wanted to be able to do what I want when I want with who I want to do it with, like how I got there and what I did, what I didn't know when I was that 22 year old dock worker. Like if you want to know what that was, then I mean, it's 17 years of reflection or 18 years of reflection. So if you want to know what that is in a 45 minute block, it took me 18 years. So, I mean, that's not worth to have four or 500 bucks to you. Like, okay. Well, I, let me I, ask it a different way. To me. Let me ask yeah. it a different way. How much did the strategy that you're going to share with them make you over time? Oh, oh man. I'm going to, I'll go quantify that for you. A good friend of mine who I recently went on a trip with, very successful investor, extremely successful, multimillionaire. And he was talking about ways to increase his cash flow. Casual boat conversation for a few days when we were sitting on Lake Powell, he'll increase his cash flow by at least $50,000 a year. Pretty much risk free. Risk free for this guy. And I'm sitting there like, dude, you don't do this. And he's like, what? And I get nuts and bolts. I broke it down for him and he's going to do it. And he's 50 grand every year, like every year for the rest of his life. Right. And he's already a successful guy. So how's okay, that for a so teaser? That right? being said, yeah. is that, is that strategy worth $397? Oh man. If I had that conversation, each one of you guys listen to individually, I guarantee you in your life, you guys could save hundreds of dollars, if not more, like every month. Okay, yeah. so, so yes. I, just need to, yes. I just need to learn how to ask Andy McFarland the question that I'm asking him. 
Yes. Is my journey, my 17 year journey worth $400? I don't know. Do you want to hear my story? Like I, seriously, every, we got 24 different speakers. Like Andy, do you know all the speakers that are presenting at Flip Hacking Live? Almost all of them personally. Yeah. Okay. Let me ask it again. Do you, are you aware of every single speaker that's speaking at Flip Hacking Live or am I holding some in my back pocket? You are holding some in your back pocket actually. No, I don't know all of them. I don't so know all of them. every single speaker, I'm going to tell you right now, I would pay over $397, over $500 to hear speak just in the 30 minutes, 40 minutes that they have. So um, the, the individual keynote speakers, these people charge tens of thousands of dollars to speak at events. And that hour that they're going to speak to you, and I have three of them, is going to change your life, period. I guarantee it. And so uh, if you're on the fence, get off the fence, like buy your ticket uh, before the price goes up again and you miss the boat. If you've already got your ticket, awesome. I hope you've jumped into our private Facebook group. So we, this year, we're actually setting up a Facebook group for just for Flip Hacking Live ticket holders. So we should have launched it by the time this podcast comes out. I think um, if we haven't, we'll be launching it really soon. So keep an eye out for that. And then we also have an all access VIP pass once you get your ticket, um, if you want that too, which we'll share inside the Facebook group. And once you get your ticket, we'll talk a little bit more about that. So we've got some really cool things. We've got like a Thursday night evening session. We've got Q&A during lunches and a bunch of networking and stuff like that that you can do. We've got uh, laser coaching that we're doing, like Andy and Mike and a bunch of other people are going to be doing these 15-minute one-on-one laser coaching sessions with folks. And uh, you, you, the VIPs will fill up first uh, in there. You'll get a guaranteed spot in a laser coaching session with one of our high-level folks. And then um, we've got some really cool stuff like recordings and things like that of the event. So it's, uh, it's definitely, uh, oh man, I can't wait for it. So uh, I'm pumped about it. I know that I'm holding a couple things back. I'm, I'm not going to share everything before the event. So um, I am going to hold a couple speakers back. I've never done that before, but there is one that I, I just don't want you guys to look into them. Maybe one or two that I want to be this kind of shock and awe type uh, hit for you. So um, surprise. Guys, he's, holding, he's holding this back from us too. He's holding it back from me. Like I could maybe press him and pry it out of him if I tried really, really hard, no. but he is okay. He, he was holding this back from us and then he's doing that. He, He's doing that because he just knows that he just wants to bring it that much more. Because obviously, it'd be, it'd behoove him to share that to get you to push you over the edge to like come to Flip Back and Live, right? He's trying to get you to, he's like, he wants you, he knows when you come there and you will, right? You're sitting and listening to this going like, yeah, I'm probably going to come. Like, yeah, you should, because he's going to bring it that extra level. He's going to make sure that like you come in and you get so much more value that you're going to come back next year and the year after that and the year after that. Because we want you and your story to be part of the community. Absolutely. You're exactly right. And I've got a lot of cool surprises. Like, we talked about the seven figure club. Well, guess what? I've got some like, bigger surprises. We're doing different things. We're making changes. Every year we made a change and adjustment. It's got better and better. And this year is no different. I've, I've got some serious like changes up my sleeve. Even a lot of people don't know about it. What things are going to look like different um, recognition, bringing people on stage. Uh, maybe you uh, in your house on your uh, computer is, are going to be coming on the stage this year. I've got uh, Q&A sessions. We've got a lot of cool stuff. Uh, we didn't really mention, but we're building out a studio in North Carolina. We're actually presenting live. Like Andy's flying out to North Carolina. Mike Simmons is flying out with me. Vanessa's going to be there. The videographers, uh, p- like part of our team is going to be there. And I'm bringing in the keynote speakers. I want the keynote speakers to be on the stage. I don't want them to be presenting from their chair or at home. I want them to be there with us to have that energy, that same energy that they would bring if they were you know, with you. Believe me, uh, the cost of keynote speakers right now on a virtual event is very cheap. The cost of in-person keynote speakers is still at the same same price as it was, if not higher, because I got to convince them to get on a plane and travel when they don't really want to or have to. So I'm actually like paying a little bit more, it seems, to bring them here and convince them to do it because I want that power. And Andy said, like, I've got this plan and I do have this plan. Like, the biggest thing for me is if I, I would, the, what, the keynote speaker that we have on Thursday, like, I want to share that person with you guys but I'm not doing it because it won't be as impactful if you research them and look into them that it will be when I surprise you with this person that you are like, and it, it ties into the event and the story where you don't know who they are before you show up. Like it's, it's important that that happens. And that's because that's how I go out and I scout these folks at other events and other speaking uh, tours and things like that. And I didn't know this person and it impacted me a totally different way. And if I had looked them up and checked them out and done all the things. And uh, so, and it's changed the way that I think about a lot of things in, for the last three years. I've been waiting three years to bring this person. And so it's really cool and exciting. And I kind of like looking for the right time and the right fit to come and introduce them to our community. So um, I've got a couple of those. They're going to be a surprise. So 
20, you know I heard there, Bill? people. What's that? You know, I heard there, Bill, just trust the process. Let Bill just take you on this journey. Just trust him guys. Trust yep. him. Just let him take you on the journey. Yeah. My goal is to make sure that every single person that steps foot on that stage, um, is worth the ticket. Uh, that's just one speaker is worth the price of your ticket or more. Um, and cause then, you know, we, I want to over deliver, like, I don't know, maybe we'll use the hashtag over deliver and just, uh, that's it. That's what this year is going to be all about. But, uh, we used it like the tagline of virtually unstoppable. Like we are going to a virtual event. We're hundred percent unstoppable. You're not going to stop flip packing live from coming to you. And, uh, hopefully you join us. And if you're, if you're somebody who's like, I only like to go to live events because of the networking and stuff like that, like you're missing a lot. Okay. And if you're somebody who's like, yes, this is virtual. Like this event is going to be amazing. Like, even if, even if you can just like, I want you to be there all three days. Like, I want you to shut things down. I want you to focus. I want you to be with us for three days. Like, I'm going to take you on a journey. It's like a movie. It's like a play. It's like, I want to take you on this path with us over three days and take you on a journey. It, it, you're, you're going to see the beginning. You're going to see the end. And you're going to go, oh, okay. it's like this was, it's like this was put together um, ahead of time. It's like they were actually planning this event for us. So, and, and you know, for the most impact that we can. I always say like, we want somebody to leave better than they came. That's it. If I do that, uh, uh, job done, right? So, all right. What else, Andy? Anything else? That's it. You will. You'll deliver on the promise. That's it. So I don't know unless you can tell somebody. That's it. Yeah. The only other thing I can say is uh, it, it's going to be so awesome. If you're complaining about it afterwards, I'll give you your money back, but I'm not going to say that because I know how awesome it is. Like I, I would pay thousands and thousands of dollars for this event. And, and I do. Well, I shell it out up front, right? And we, <laughs> you, you, you pay up front. That's true. We, we build it and hope people come. Right. And we're, we're yeah. about, we're about halfway to my goal right now of uh, ticket sales, like where we stand, obviously the ticket price goes up today. So we're going to have a lot of those like procrastinators, those entrepreneurs that just wait till the last minute. Honestly, when we, when we brought the price up from like 497, 997 last year before the event, we got a, like a huge jump in ticket sales when, when it went to 997, like three days before the event, people were like, I, I got to get my ticket. I got to get my ticket. So this is my public service announcement to you. You don't have to pay more money by being a procrastinator and waiting. Just get it now before the ticket price goes up because it will, I promise you that. And we're going to send you guys a bunch of boxes, like these swag boxes to your house with all these goodies in them, just like you were showing up to a live event. If you wait too long, I can't ship you a box until after the event. You need a box at the event. So like get your ticket early, get, save your spot and get your box. Like I want to send you this box because in there is going to have a lot of the things that we're doing at the event. We have all these goodies in there. We have things that you're not really going to understand why I send it to you until you're at the event. So it's a whole, um, it's a whole like experience, right? 360 degree experience. You're going to have things to touch and feel and look at and, and, and you're, you're going to open the box and go, what is this? It makes no sense. And I'll show you. So it's kind of cool. I'm, I'm excited about it. It's like when you go to, I go to Disneyland all the time or Disney world. And I go on that like bugs life thing where they like, um, they like spray water at you. And then there's like a puff of air when, uh, when the bugs are coming out and flapping their wings and then a little bit of rain falls and stuff. And then the, uh, maybe I shouldn't give away all the tricks of their like 4d experience, but as close as I can get to something like that is what I'm going for. So. All right. And you will deliver. Now it's going to be all awesome. Right, go to flipbackinglive.com, flip get your tickets. Um, Annie McFarland, thanks so much for hanging out, telling your story. Oh, one more thing. Um, yeah. I told my four-year journey um, and then a little bit about this year in the video. And what we'll do is we'll share the link down here so you guys can see it. But I wanted Andy to tell his side of the story. I know I jumped in a couple times, but uh, I, if you want to see it through my lens, I'm not going to do it here on the podcast, but we, we, did, uh, we created a through, through the years journey from my, my angle of how we built this uh, four-year event and kind of what I saw in it. And so um, we'll share that in the link. I think, I think we'll be done by then. Um, but if not, we'll update the description in the show notes here and we'll show you how to get it if you want to check it out. And I think it's gonna be really cool. It's also on our seven figure flipping YouTube channel. So if you go over to YouTube, type in seven figure flipping and subscribe to our channel, I'd appreciate it. And you can check out the video there. It's, uh, our videographer Andre did an awesome job with it. He's working on it right now and it's really exciting. So, uh, it was cool to kind of, um, go back and remember these last four years. And it was, it was really cool today to see it through Andy's eyes. So it's been a fun journey. I think this event is, uh, kind of like this is the big thing that we do every year. So if you've got that one thing that you spend a ton of time on, that's this. And it's a, uh, I'm excited to see it all come together. So you're right. I'm losing sleep over it. So we'll make it happen. All right. Go to flipbackinglive.com, awesome. get your tickets. Andy, thanks so much for being here. I always appreciate hanging out with you um, and have fun every time we talk. And I learned something. All right, man. It's a pleasure.
Pleasure. See you. Looking forward to seeing Bye, you. Bye, guys. See you, man. I'll see you all at Flip Hacking Live. Bye. Hey, it's Bill again, and I want to personally invite you to our biggest event of the year, Flip Hacking Live. If you could copy the exact deal sources, marketing strategies, negotiation tactics, and business systems of the most successful house flippers and wholesalers in the nation, how would that change your business? Flip Hacking Live is a three-day event that we do just once per year, and it's happening October 15th through the 17th. We bring in the nation's top wholesalers and house slippers to walk you through everything they're doing, how they're marketing directly to sellers, how they're picking up discounted off-market properties, how they're doubling their close ratio with the right negotiation tactics, how they're raising millions of dollars in private money, the things they're doing that other investors aren't doing, all of it. These are the guys and gals who are actively doing deals at a high volume in today's market all across the country. You get their full attention for three days. They have agreed to hold nothing back and you'll be right there with them so you can ask questions and get clarification on anything that you need. This is your chance to hack the nation's top flippers and wholesalers and ethically steal their exact strategies and systems. All you have to do is take notes, ask questions, and apply what you learned. But first, you need to get a ticket. We've sold out every year and ticket prices go up every few months. So go to fliphackinglive.com right now and get your tickets today. Fliphackinglive.com, October 15th through the 17th. This is an event that you cannot afford to miss.